Alicia only leaves bits at the beginning here if they're humiliating to me. Such an enthusiast. And somehow I know that line will make it into the edit. I had a big realization about King Kong recently because I was thinking like, damn, like everything about Godzilla says so much about like Japan and history and has these deep themes. Given that it's apparently our resident like mascot, big fighting animal. Our kaiju. Shame King Kong isn't anything uniquely American. And then I realized, hmm. Hold on. This is a movie where a rich dude goes to a place he's not supposed to be, takes a sentient being out of its home, turns it into a grotesque spectacle, does great violence to it, and then at the end blames a woman for his own crimes. Yes. It American. might be yes. the most American movie. <laughs> Let's keep that one. I want to put that one in the show. All right. Uh... That one I'll stand by. That one can go in an episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a whole episode all the way its own. Just cut it right there you guys want to talk about skinnamarink yes oh kind of <laughs> <laughs> good evening and welcome to progressively horrified the show where we hold horror to standards it absolutely never agreed to <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Progressively Horrified, the podcast where we will board to progressive standards that never agreed to. Tonight, we're talking about the weird viral horror thing that took early 2023 by storm, Skinamarink. I am your host, Jeremy Whitley, and with me, I have a panel of cinephiles and cenobites. First, they're here to challenge the sexy werewolf, sexy vampire binary. My co-host, Ben Kahn. Ben, how are you after this? This movie really reminds me of college film courses that I did bad in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you mean grades-wise or emotionally, but I feel like yeah. either is applicable. <laughs> yeah. You know, really just any of those English major classes where it's like, what does it mean? And I'm like, I don't know that. Just me it. and Jack Skellington watching this movie. It's just... the, the creator had like 10K to make a movie? <laughs> It's a very expensive door. That there's a really good 12-minute short that's extended to 10 times that length. Yes. And the cinnamon roll of Cenobites, our co-host, Emily Martin. How are you tonight, Emily? You know, I like weird shit, right? But I appreciate it when there's like... We're aware. A subject. Like yeah. there's a through line here. A house of like, a wolf, perhaps. Yeah, Wolf House had stuff happening. There was stuff happening constantly. This movie made me long for the days of wolf house yeah that was weird but at least there was shit happening throughout yeah we got we got some wonderful folks to introduce yeah two guests tonight two very good friends and collaborators of the podcast first my artist on the dog night series as well as the artist of the hidden graphic novels meg joe beth Namy, and north ranger it's brie indigo brie welcome Howdy. It's good to be here. I missed you guys. Woo, woo, woo. It's so great to have you back. I'm almost sorry that this is the movie. It's okay. I chose it. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I put it out there and this was the one that Brie was like, yes, that one. <laughs> and a fellow podcaster, the host of Talking Comics and my sometime Fortnite teammate, Steve Cine. Welcome, Steve. <laughs> Thank oh, you so much. I'm just going to put it out there now that regardless of anything that I say this episode, I want Sharon, Lois, and Bram to know that I still love and appreciate them. Uh, same. Um, I love them in the morning and in the afternoon. I oh. love them in the evening and underneath, and underneath the moon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had a hard time with this one. 
I mean, we do have first-time feature director, Kyle Edward Ball. Uh, he also wrote it and he also edited it. That I think is very clear from watching it that it's the same person doing all three. This stars, in big quotation marks, uh, Lucas Paul, Dolly Rose, Tetral, Ross Paul, and Jamie Hill. Mostly just their socks, honestly. <laughs> it's a weird one. But yeah, let's uh, get into well, it, I guess. While I'm not going to be the kindest to this movie, one thing I do want to give it straight out the gate. $15,000 budget, $2.1 million at the box office. That is an insane return on investment. Good yeah. on this movie. Whatever we say, this movie fucking made its bank back. Good on this. I appreciate what the director was doing. I appreciate the commitment to the style, to the idea, to the execution. This movie had no fucking business being an hour and 40 minutes long. <laughs> fucking serious. Yeah, I, I will say this for it. As much as I will question a lot of things about this movie, the sound editing in this movie is fucking insane. Yes. Yeah, that is one of the highlights for sure. The way that Great things sound, sound in this is so spooky, like that literally I could be falling asleep one minute and then it would make me jump is wild. I had to make a new cup of coffee to make it through this <laughs> film. So much of what does work in this movie is the audio because yeah. so much of the visuals is, wait, I'm not even sure what I'm looking at. Is something creepy happening? I can't even tell if there's something here that is supposed to be creepy. And yeah. also, the only way it gets to its runtime is every single shot is minimum 25 seconds longer than it has to be. Yeah, big time. It's so art school. Like, the teacher's like, okay, we want to avoid being literal. Okay. Well, see, I appreciate that it was different because sure, I'm, yeah. I'm just hungry for someone to say hey i have a vision and i'm gonna go with it and so i respect it on all parts for that uh, the only thing for me that like i didn't dig is because like yeah it was a bit longer than it needed to be and in the end the sense of relief that i got was less about like oh god i'm so long about scared anymore it was more like oh thank god it's over and it sucks because i didn't want to feel that way yeah the biggest irritant to me was the fake film grade yeah Yes, yeah. I could see the pattern. I could see yeah. it repeat. Yeah. Same. The overlay was thick. And especially because it's yeah. not a found footage movie. Is it? Yeah. I don't know. It takes place in 1995. If it were a found footage movie, who is filming? I don't... Right? Like, it takes place in 1995. It's supposed to be PRV. And if it's a POV, why do they have VHS vision? <laughs> What's the reason? VHS vision. And why it's are the cameras in the weirdest, worst places? Oh my God. Every shot, like 90% of this movie, they're either filming the ceiling or the floor or Legos. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is that they're trying to avoid the subject. Yeah. Oh yeah. Legos on the floor. Well, we got to dedicate at least 50 seconds to the, on that uninterrupted. Throw some Duplos in there just to make yeah. it interesting. <laughs> just that difference of texture. I was watching it with a friend who's like a... Is the word cinephile where they're like they're really into movies? Yeah. And that's yeah. great. Yeah. But like as soon as we started the movie, they're like, ah, oh, the darkness. Isn't it so amazing? Like you can see like shapes in it. I'm like, huh? I'm yeah. like, I'm looking the whole time and I'm like, I don't see shapes. Like it would be cool it, if there were shapes in the darkness, but yeah. I never saw any. I kept yeah. thinking like, oh, it's like when I like rub my eyes and then there's yep. like splotches from that i'm like i think there's 
something, but I don't even know what I'm looking at in the first place to even be creeped out. I did yeah. a lot of squinting as yeah. I watched this movie on those long shots of just a dark corner somewhere. And I, I would like try to like shut my eyes a little bit, leaning into my monitor. Like, is there something there? And to a degree, I can appreciate that. But after yeah. about the 17th time that nothing came out of the shadows, I was like, all right, now you're that, just yes. like leaving the camera on. You're trying to Kubrick this <laughs> thing. And I don't know. That's yeah. like, even when something is happening, it goes on for so long that I'm like, I've got from like, ooh, what is that? Like, ooh, I'm creeped out. Okay, it's still going. I don't even care anymore. I yeah. can't begin to comprehend the editing of this film. That like, yeah. there are some bits. I will say when things happen in this movie, it is occasionally scary. Yeah. Absolutely. I know Ben is supposed to do the recap on this, but there's not a ton to recap that is you just want me, sort of I, like- I can do the recap. I can, hear, I can do the recap super fast. Kevin hit his head. Dad brings him back from the hospital, but then dad disappears. Doors and windows also disappear. Toilets disappear. Do they though? Yeah, sorry. well, there's a bunch of doors still. Which, whatever. Yeah, we'll, 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 get, we'll get to that. Anyway, I'm sorry, Ben. Go ahead. Voice is like, hey, come upstairs. Look under the bed. Kaylee is like, nah, you creepy. Mom and dad appear? Question mark. Something, something. Kaylee got no face. Kevin stabs his eye. Voice is like, I'm a voice. I'm a reality warper. But Darkness. Is, yeah. Something, something. The end. This is definitely one of those movies that I went, am I just not good at watching movies or is it not done well? It's not you. One of the things about the darkness I wanted to say before we move on is that like I can appreciate that it was maybe an immersive tactic because when you were that young, like I remember having that fear of the dark and staring into it and expecting to see something and then nothing ever happens. But then, you know, when it's done over and over again, it just kind of it dulls that. The plot, I couldn't follow. I was asking like, hey, is the dad in the house? Did he leave? When, wait, where are we? Where are the kids? Because we don't see anyone. <laughs> we don't ever see anyone except feet. I'm not going to go in on any theories that I read, but even so. No, I don't theory... care enough about this movie to get into. <laughs> well, I wanted theory. to make sure I came in and like I at least tried to process the themes and stuff. But even so, like all the theories, none of them were strong enough for the entire movie. There were theories that like either a part of the movie worked with, but then something contradicted it. There's no payoff at all. There's no payoff whatsoever. <laughs> Like, no. there's a couple creepy things or a couple creepy images that are lingered on, like, either not lingered on enough because we don't even see what's happening, or they're lingered on too much, like the repeating blood splatter thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a great thing of, like, oh, man, this is creepy the first time. Yeah. Second time, okay. By the fifth time, I, I don't care anymore. The scene where, like, the voice is talking to the boy and you, like... It's been saying just like, go here, do this, whatever. And then it's like, put the knife in your eye. It's like, that's genuinely like creepy. And then hearing him scream from the other side of the house. I will say this for this movie. If you are a parent, this movie will both bore and bother you. (laughs) You will come out of this both bothered by the not graphic content, but like content that's that's aimed toward violence at children and bad things happening to kids. But also it's still boring. If you don't have kids, this movie will probably both bore and bother you. Yeah, I mean, on levels. Because, yeah. like, we t- we were talking about the darkness. Well, there's 529 days. I don't know what that is, aside from a Kingdom Hearts game. 
Yeah, that's more than a Kingdom Hearts. It's like three Kingdom Hearts games that are bad. That was good. But there's this eight millimeter film grain added to, and it's not a VHS grain. And that's one thing that bothers me. The one thing about analog horror that I think is really precious when I see like current, like young people and bless them, because like there's a lot of young people out there that are like 18 and they're making these incredible analog horror videos. And I really appreciate that they are into it and then they they appreciate the analog aesthetic that's awesome but vhs and eight millimeter are different things and the eight millimeter is very obviously an eight millimeter filter because again we can see the pattern we can see the repeating pattern and it's too sharp it's too sharp way too sharp the pattern's too sharp compared to the actual content which if you were going to put a pattern in there and then have like some weird subliminal shit going on that would be dope. Like, I think it's that's really, not cool. Yeah. It's not great when the thing that's supposed to make your footage look old-timey is the most HD part of the scene. <laughs> yeah, and it's and that's another thing is nobody was filming a millimeter in the fucking 90s. Like, that's the 70s. Like, yeah. this is... Like, so you get the 70s, and I've seen people do this a lot where they're like, I'm making it look old, so I'm putting this grain and this grain on it, and I'm like, these are two different media. I can appreciate going for a specific style because clearly that's what's happening here. But to layer so much on top that it makes things indiscernible, like like I said, like peering into the darkness, that only freaks me out for so long. There's only so many times because if you don't scare me with something by like the fourth time that you do it, I'm not anticipating anything at all. That's usually yeah. when you pull something. And yeah. other than like an audio cue every now and again of like a sudden, sudden blast to your ears, there wasn't anything that I saw. I, I mean, like, there's, I, there's I, one visual moment, the moment where like she's just seen her mom and dad on the bed and she's looking at the closet and you're looking at the closet and you're looking at the closet and then the arm comes out and it you know, goes to a different... Yeah. Scene. There's the that, only and then the one I movie scene big, eyes. I mean, our big movie ender image is like it's a face question mark. Kinda. I didn't get yeah. it. The only yeah. shot that like I don't I wouldn't say that it got me, but that I thought was a cool shot. And I mean, there's there's a lot of like pretty darkness and then like light at the end of the hallway shots in this. There's a lot of that stuff, but the one shot of I think it's Kaylee. You see the back of her head for like a good minute and 10 seconds. Yeah. And it's got this um, almost like blue filter over it to make it look like aged and ashen. That was neat. I'll be honest. Like I, I started watching this last night. I made it about 10, 20 minutes in and hard quit. I was just That's like, oh. I can't. I can't, I can't, I can't do this. I felt, I felt like I was sold a different movie when I read the synopsis and signed on to this. Yeah. Yes. Because all the synopsis and theories made me go, oh, that would have been a good right? movie. <laughs> like yeah. when you sent the, when you sent the thing out, I said to myself, oh my God, I always do movies that I know or want to watch again. Let me do something this time that I've never seen, don't know anything about. I'm going to go into <laughs> it blind. And I saw the synopsis was like a few sentences. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll read that. And then I went into the movie and like, there are doors everywhere. There are windows everywhere. I'm like, oh, you know, kids stuck in a house and all the exits disappear and the father disappears too. And now they're alone and there's a boogeyman in the house. That sounds amazing. 
like let's let's do this and then i walked into what this movie is and i just went Oh my god! I feel like if we if this was found footage and I was the person who found it, I would be like, "Oh, this is a bunch of trash." No one, I would I'd be like, "I just just record over the VHS or whatever." Yeah, because the visuals didn't tell a story, and neither did the dialogue. And so I'm literally just going in there, going, "Uh huh." Oh, this is now making me realize, like, <laughs> did anyone ever try to defeat the ring by just like taping over that tape with like Judge Judy? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, and, and I've had moments like this. I've had moments where, I mean, I, I get where they're coming from because I've had moments where I've been watching shit and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, what is happening? Like, I once found a, uh, it was like a, a late night science channel thing and it looked like it was footage from some kind of experiment and it had like a weird, it was very, very grainy and very close up and then I would hear, like, there were NASA the communications going back and forth and it was just really really fucking weird it was very very analog word but you know Emily, did you watch video drone is that what you were watching is, <laughs> is the channel video drone that's a different channel that was a different thing video drone has things happening this was just like something i couldn't really tell it was it was very like david lynch like you know transmission this felt like the children were playing with the camcorder left it recording on the floor multiple times wasting tape and yeah. then just were like yep. pl- like afraid of the dark and then the little brother was making voices like when the most eventful thing that happens in a scene is a stuffed animal gets pulled out of the corner of the frame and that's you sat there for like 95 seconds waiting for something to happen and then somebody picks up a duplo and then we're back in the hallway staring at the ceiling and but, just focusing in on like a lampshade yeah, or, or upholstery or something like, even when something that i think is supposed to be like creepy and otherworldly happens like there is already so nothing in it that I never even know if what we're watching is surreal or otherworldly. Like I said, mm-hmm. the toy gets dragged. I'm like, oh, is that is there like an unseen force in the house? Or is the little girl just fucking pulling on her stuffed animal and we don't see the little girl because we never see the little girl? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, okay. When, in comics, when you want something to, like, or in any media, if you want it to be aware that something is changing, you have to show it in the first place. And, and it just, I never feel like I was following any chronological info at all yeah. at any point. So I was just I like, never, are these out of order? What's happening? I almost never knew what I was looking at well enough to then know if something is changing or going wrong or being creepy yeah the one yeah. moment that worked the one moment that i really did like is when like eyes just appear and then like it flies to like the phone toy and the phone toy like changes its face Fuck that was fucking cool. phone toys like... i hate those things like they're so creepy just to begin with the moment dad showed up i was like oh fuck we're gonna do something just that, with that little bit of yeah. like, actual editing and visual fuckery. I'm like, and that it was fast, that it was quick, that it was, that it wasn't like, and then the phone changes face. And we just linger on that face for another 40 seconds. Like it, that it, for once, it didn't do that. Yeah. I, I've, but I've seen this on YouTube and it was, you know, I've seen these things and they're like so much better. Like there's so, there's a video. It's on better YouTube. on YouTube. It is so much better on YouTube. Like, the there is a, but... twi- there is a really good, 12 minute horror film YouTube Just horror film. It, yeah, right. I mean, it, yeah. it could have really been pulled off as a really good short. Again, I think that maybe it still needed some other polishing. 
I wanted to ask, do we want to talk about any of the theories? Because I, I mean, obviously yeah, we talked yeah, about I would love forever. to hear that. Yeah, Actually. No, you know, I, no, I'm sorry. I am sorry for being rude and dismissive <laughs> about the theories earlier. That was me oh. trying to be jackass towards movie. But I realized it probably came out as me jackass towards theories and your research. And I do apologize for that. Oh, no, you're fine. I just was like, OK, anyone listening to this and be like, OK, we get it. You guys hate the movie. Can we talk about yeah, well, no, yes. I, I think no theory corner. Hell yeah! Just, just going into like that stuff for me. The the one thing before like full on theory is the feeling that this movie gave me more than anything was something that I I used to be very well acquainted with, which is it feels like having insomnia. This movie yeah. feels yeah. like not being able to go to sleep and just like staring at the fucking ceiling and the darkness and hearing shit into weird hours of the night. And just yeah. like not being able to fall asleep. That's what it it felt like to me. Cause you know, I, I used to have that bad when I was in like middle and high school. And it's it's not something I deal with much anymore, right. but it was just like that same unpleasant sensation. Yeah. I get absolutely. what you're saying, kind of because I feel like for me what kind of evoked was almost like sleep paralysis demon. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of cool, like I can see the themes that they're trying to go for, like. The idea of being trapped, of the things in your life mysteriously disappearing, just dealing with people disappearing and... And not just, cope, knowing how to cope with it or process yeah. it, especially when you're three. Yeah. 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 I mean, there was and, this but, feeling towards the middle of the movie when we get the scene with the... The only scene where we see the parents when they're on the bed separately, where it's like, I was like, okay, this house is haunted by these parents' divorce. That's what this is about i got it i got it and then yeah it kept going and there was a like you know more of a, a real boogeyman sort of situation and then it came to another point that i was like there's a point where kaylee's had her uh, mouth taken away and the boy has been has stabbed himself in the eye and talked to a 911 operator and then he's like like the voice is directing him up the stairs into another room and then all the toys are stuck to the ceiling in this one spot and there's a house there and i was like okay this is the end of the movie got it like i don't <laughs> i don't know and it kept why going particularly, but like that feels like the end of the movie and then there's another like 15 minutes after that uh, yeah like, it was really clear that it was like the, the parents's relationship either you know she died or she left or it all was clear but then it was just like like kept watching i was like okay how are these themes tying to the children's experience and i read one was like oh the children were abused and like i don't know what it's implying which parent might have abused them um but that can tie into like you know like the girl having her mouth removed and the kids being told where to go and then being punished when they're disobeying being told to go to bed as punishment or whatever and then the cartoons being like their one like escape mm -hmm. And they're toys, too. But then even the toys and the TV start to, like, act weird. So, like, it's almost, like, implying that, like, they don't even have that anymore. I I'm not sure. Like, even when those themes are, like, come to mind, I'm just like, yeah, but it wasn't really done well. <laughs> like, and then another theory was just the, the little boy falling, went into a coma. And this is the process of him, like, in a coma, like processing his abuse and forgetting the faces and names and details of his home and family. And I'm like, it's cool, but if you didn't tell me, I would have not been able to yeah. come to that conclusion myself. 
Yeah. The, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I'm always I down for a good Jacob's Ladder situation. <laughs> me too. If it was if if it was at all like there was anything in the movie that suggested that. Yeah. You know, and and what it reminded me of, and I mentioned this earlier, is the 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 fine art conundrum of like taking something and trying to obscure it so people could read into it. You know, like this is this is something yeah, I'm doing that I all the work. Yeah. But like, yeah, like this, there's a difference between something that is open to interpretation yeah that is that that you can interpret that is meaningful you know and that's the thing i like about certain like david lich things and surreal things is that there's there's there is a part of it that you bring to it but there is something there that you can bring something to you know and this movie avoids telling you anything Anything. every way that it can with through through like you everything's an inference cue but they try to make it so obscure that you can't get anything out of it and it just mm-hmm. reminds me of that like as an illustrator that went through like a fine art program with a lot of like very abstract fine art people that was one of the things where they i was it just reminded me of the, the these artists telling me like don't draw don't don't illustrate you know you have to say something with this and then every time i tried to to illustrate something and make something literal they were like well that's just a that's just a bear or whatever and i'm like yeah i I mean it's a bear but like it's doing stuff but that's the thing is that it really it's kind of too i don't want to say pretentious because it's hard to be pretentious about something that doesn't really have a lot going on there is it like we're supposed to take that day five to like that like this has been going on for like two years for almost two years that's the one thing that made me go okay maybe it is the coma theory yeah maybe it is like just a creature that is keeping them in purgatory and abusing them just because it's a piece of shit. I mean, but it's also weird because I'm just like, you're going to just tell me that? Like, you haven't used these cues at all in the movie and all of a sudden now we have a, a, a text cue. Yeah, we need some kind of contrast or some kind of thing that, that yeah, just a payoff. So we're like, okay, now I know that I'm supposed to be paying attention. They're, I just, like, they're just like, and this, they're just like, you think the movie is long for you? <laughs> These kids been doing this for five hundred days, and I'm just oh, like, Jesus no. Christ! Yeah, I know the 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 text bit with the days at the end. There is well, towards the end, it's not at the end because it's fucking another fifteen minutes. But like, right? I really thought that we're like, I really thought that was the end, and I looked at the timestamp and was like, Yeah, well, I know there's not fifteen minutes worth of credits, but that's one of those <laughs> moments that like I hate when movies do something that like they've established a style and used that style as their sort of raison d'etre of of all their shit. And then they're just like, actually, let me do another thing. Let me just put text on the screen. And it's just like, I think, I think Inglorious Bastards was a movie that like irritated me because there's just a point where they stop and they're like, we're going to do an entirely different sort of film here for like five minutes as we, you know, go back and recap this, this character. And then that never happens again. And like, that's the sort of thing that should, happen multiple times in a, a story if that's the sort of story you're telling and for us to have spent the last hour staring at the the top of a door in a hallway just for them to then put like text on the screen to tell us something i was like well what the, the fuck like i really and, wanted to like the yeah and i i, I mean that's the thing there's for ideas me is like I if there's like. a if this style is is a choice then i feel like i need a reason and yeah. like if it's security camera like it's found footage right then it should be pointing at something 
like um the like i don't mind the shots of the like living room when you see like just when you're just seeing the kids like feet right when you're just seeing like oh this is maybe a camera that's at a weird angle but it's all in a thing and yeah. like that thing is important that is part of the story uh as opposed to the long shots of the upstairs hallway and then the downstairs hallway that like there's no dialogue there's nothing happening i mean I feel like you cut this thing down to a real nasty, like on Shenandelu length, and just like <laughs> really, it'd be it would be a real like mind fuck at that one. Thing. Yeah, yeah. And again, that's there's a shit ton of that on YouTube. I like and, the ideas of like this the alien geometry of the house that like the windows and doors are gone, and then yeah. things just like start going missing, and the lights start failing, and you just lose more and more to like darkness, and then just like. The rules of physics stop applying, like impossibly stretched hallways, doors, and voids. Hairs like, on the ceiling. Yeah, I mean, like things like like. But there's never versus... any explanation for any of that. That's why I say it's like I like the idea of any theory. Any of yeah. these theories could be a great decision, but none, no decisions were made at any point. I feel, I feel like it was just a hundred percent up to you. But you have yeah. to like make up fan fiction in your head to make it make sense. Yeah. Did well, anyone- that's what it is. It's like I like these ideas, but everything is so close up and out of focus and grainy filter and weird angles that like this very interesting ideas of how this geometry is changing as the film goes on is never actually shown in a way for us to have any real like for us to even start with, oh, I understand what this house is. It's a normal house. And then mm-hmm. things get weirder and weirder. It like it doesn't even give us a starting place. So like everything is just too not everything's just too fuzzy to start with. Yeah, it's it's too monotonous. And it starts at the same point that it ends, really. There's no art. I was trying to read what what Kyle, you know, had to say about his own movie. And the one thing that says here in the vulture article is like he wanted to create a sense of uncanny apprehension as if Satan directed a movie and got an AI to edit it. So I guess that kind of explains why it's trash. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but he said it himself. I mean, I I'm guess, like, good for him. Good for that. You know, like, yeah, I'm kind of like, oh, you, okay, buddy, you said it. Those are your That's words. Not, rude to yeah. say about your directorate. I'm like, uh-uh. But I've seen this. I've seen this. It's called The Back Rooms. I love you know? The Back Rooms. The Back Rooms is awesome. I mean, and I felt like... Nothing the... to it. Yeah, this, it's just like... And The Back Rooms is very evocative. And it, it has a little... It ha- doesn't have any dialogue. But it still has payoff because everything is slightly different. They just get more and more weird. This is like if The Back Rooms was half just like close-ups on a corner of like a pillar. And that's yeah. the thing is you they needed to decide like I just think that if one or two things were changed about this movie, like they sh- actually show characters or the dialogue was better, then I think it could be stronger, even yeah. if they don't have a strong narrative or like actual plot. At least one but I think they have three things that aren't working. If one of them worked, then at least it would redeem it a bit. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like the a lot of the YouTube analog horror is as good as it is because it's only five minutes long. Yeah. You know, yeah, like you it. don't overthink it. Yeah. I mean, 
I thought like also what is what are they called alternate reality the AR games yeah like that it would have been a really cool ARG and also like I don't know I just I just wanted more like I'm all up for things being up for interpretation but I just wanted more like something definite like what is the story is it is it psychological is it literal like at least having that answer would have made me a bit more groovy like I don't know yeah I definitely agree and, um, and I'm sorry, but what what is the freaking close up with the damn toy? I don't get it. Like the things that show up, I'm just like, okay, am I dumb? But what the Wait, which I mean, there's a few of those. Okay, the, I mean, just the, the 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 phone with the the face change. I was like, that feels like okay for a movie that's trying to take itself so seriously. It felt so damn funny and cheap. Like I was just like, for really? Yeah, that's how that did feel. Like, I was like, okay, um, you ruined fuck, all tensions. Fuck me for liking the phone face. <laughs> well, no, I thought the phone face. I like the phone face. I don't know. It might have been the same director because I know that he also had a uh, a YouTube channel of like bite sized nightmares or whatever, which you know I think is probably pretty cool. Yeah, like uh, there's ideas. I feel like a broken record because so much of it just comes down to like, yeah, this feels like somebody who made YouTube shorts yeah. had to fucking figure out how to get like. There's Bill it's out, like, like a hundred minute runtime. It's like you said earlier, there's a 12 minute short in here that's really good. And if you can tell the story within that amount of time, it would have might it might have been a better experience. It just takes so long to get to anything in this movie. At least that's how I found it. Like I felt like I was on a loop that every every like 12 minutes. I would hear some old timey cartoon music. I mean, and... that could be an immersive aspect because they're living in a loop. Apparently, if we didn't get it across with that cartoon that showed you it, things disappearing for thirty five yeah. times. Oh like, my mm-hmm. god! Yeah, as somebody like, with it. with like hardcore ADHD, I found this movie very hard to stay <laughs> focused on. So like y'all are bringing up some stuff that I know that I saw, but I don't know that it sank in for me. Mm -hmm. I really worry that an executive has pointed to this movie specifically in a PowerPoint slide labeled second screen content. (laughs) Yeah, I think it feels like someone gave the and this is my roommate's joke. So shout out to Phoenix. But it does feel like the, at the last minute they took, you know, they sent the the file to um, print or whatever. And they're like, "Sir, I'm sorry, but that was the B-roll footage." Wait, right. stop! <laughs> like, that's what I felt like. I was like, I feel like this is all not. This is 100 percent not what I expected at all. Like, I think give them another chance. Do it again. This time, take your time. But like, just as don't far rush as it. The premise yeah. I can tell is is that. Because it should be very emotionally affecting and like and deeply like disturbing and horrifying. Like a four year old and a six year old, as children as innocent as can be, trapped in an permanent, eternal right. psychological That's physical torture saying. loop. Yeah, and yet my response to that shouldn't be. I think okay. Um, yeah i think this movie is a great candidate for if you want to have a movie like you're throwing a halloween party and you have a projector 
and you want to like play this in the corner over by where people get their drinks or something. And it's just running silently with this atmospheric imagery, you know, projected yeah. onto your wall. I think it's a really good one of those. Oh, this but I mean, if somebody saver. told me I had to, I had to sit and watch this movie again, I'd be very upset. Yes. I fell asleep. And like, I think the last 15 minutes I did fall asleep, but I don't think I missed anything. There was I mean, I literally space. had to get up and go make some coffee. <laughs> like, yeah. It felt like if you saw the first 10 minutes of the movie, you've pretty much seen the whole movie. I yeah. I don't know if y'all had this similar experience, but I went in blind enough that the movie started and it kept being not so much a movie as a slideshow. Yeah. yeah. For a half and hour. I, I actually started, looked at the time I started, It's a half yeah, hour before and anything I started happens. Scrolling forward being like, so when did the opening credits end? <laughs> and then just and then just as the cursor got deeper and deeper into the time code, just being like, Oh. Uh oh. Oh no. <laughs> the other thing is the both a movie that is about like anticipation and you know something that you feel like you're supposed to be looking it's really punishing you because oh, of all of the fucking i'm sorry i'm getting very passionate and i'm getting very heated so i'm gonna, I'm gonna take a deep breath oh this is your heated voice <laughs> oh i'm well there i can i can get more heated but like i feel like this movie doesn't quite deserve it because no the heart was written in the right place, I think. But, you know, it wasn't offensive. Well, it was kind of offensive because all the flickering. The flickering just was so... Oh, yeah. I got a headache by the end of the movie. And I'm like, oh, hey, I didn't do it. Okay. So it hurt me, movie. I'm trying to watch you. Like, I get that flickering is part of this, but you need to, like, figure something out here because this is so painful. Yeah. I read someone say it belongs in a modern arts museum, not a theater. Yeah, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, with the... Yeah. The modern art stuff, like it was, I guess, yeah, it is pretentious in that way because I, is... I definitely can see how there is somebody out there who this movie is so for. I'm just not that person. When it comes yeah. to aesthetic, it's kind of like one of those things where you could take a bunch of like screenshots, like Steve said, and it's like it would be, a, a, it's great vibes. Like, like I would put this movie on as my moving wallpaper. Yeah, if, like 100%. during spooky season. Yeah, like if I wanted yeah. someone, if I wanted something in the background that is just slightly unsettling, but I still feel like there has to be more. Like this is, no, I'm not watching it. It's oh, just yeah. fun. Well, it was, and it's sad because this kind of movie with this weird, like grainy footage and stuff like that, this is, and it's all close ups. So it should be about detail, right? You it should think. be about being myopic and being in the you know and that's i mean that's the artist statement of the, of the fine artist that made this movie is that like this is about these these uncomfortable moments and details and being disoriented and stuff like that but you need more for it like if it's projected on the floor of somewhere or if it's projected like upside down like you know that's enough i think for it to be like okay this is an art installation laid on an old tv yeah like you have it in at a dark room Get a yeah. uh, CRT. Yeah, yeah like yeah. a CRT TV. You know, or a... How I think this would work for me almost, and, and you know, I, I know that's not exactly the way movies are meant to be watched, is like, if you had all these like shots lined up simultaneously and it looked like like a security camera feed, you know, that you're, one of these is just looking at the wall and then one of these is looking at the, you know, Legos and the toys and stuff. And then occasionally, like, 
something happens, something moves in one of these things. But obviously cut down on the length of the movie to have them all going simultaneously. But then yeah. like you'd really be like that looking be back really and cool. forth between the feeds, trying to like see But you'd also happening. need some actual footage, right? Like rather than like there would have to be like actual like the skinnamering or whatever would actually have to kind of show up and actually prove it exists. And for half the time, I was just like, oh, this is just literally the kid's imagination. And that's why it's so bad. It's just because it's supposed to like be like, do you remember when you were a kid and you just thought shit happened and nothing really was there? And I was like, yeah, I do. I don't yeah. need to watch it forever. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it would be good again as a short. Yeah. Also, I'm really mad that the song never showed up. Like, so why the fuck is it called Skinnamarink? Like maybe the only thing I can think of is because of the 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 song, the Skinnamarink and Binky Doo, I yeah. Love You. And I was like, I mean, okay, my brain is doing gymnastics at this point, but right. I'm like, if because... it's supposed to be about parental abuse, and the only time I've ever heard the Skinnamarink song is like from my mom saying it in love. I was like, is it juxtaposition? I don't know. Yeah, because I I remember asking when I first heard about the movie, and I'm like, well, what is, why is it called Skin and Rake? And a friend of mine was like, oh, yeah, well, I looked it up, and it said, apparently it's supposed to mean I love you. And I'm like, that's the song from Sharon Lewis and Brandt. Yeah. That's yeah, the- that's all. I feel like, like the- they didn't get the song because the song rights would have literally tripled the budget. Yeah, and like everything, they, they made sure to mention that everything was in the public domain. And so I, that's where I was like, and they said, you know, in the beginning where they're like, oh, this is all the credits, public domain. And I'm thinking- oh. You know, you knew, I knew exactly what kind of budget we were dealing with when one of the top credits was for additional lenses. Just a yeah. guy they knew who had some extra equipment he let them borrow. I'm for crediting everyone. <laughs> yeah, and all those backers, all 12 of those backers, good, good on them. I mean, it's really cool that like a movie like this got to be like as known. You know, yeah. I... I I want more stunt. Like, I would rather have a, maybe not all light, maybe better than this movie, but I, I still am, like, so hungry for not Hollywood, like, regurgitated bull that, like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, cool, I'm just grateful you exist, but you don't get to sit at the table. Agreed. Like, <laughs> while I... <laughs> I love while that. I'm not, while I don't think it worked out this time, this movie does embody what I love about horror, and that is the only genre... Where somebody with like pocket change, yeah, a basic ass camera, and their parents' house can make a legitimately successful film. I'm happy that, that the person this is for. Genre. I'm happy that the person this is for finally has it because there's a there is an audience for everything, and that person has been itching for this niche to be, you know, good for them. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not in the audience. That's okay. Hundred percent. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of kids. There's a lot of like teenagers making analog horror. That's mm-hmm. really cool on YouTube for zero dollars and TikTok and TikTok. You know, like there's yeah, there's. I mean, there's a lot of really great stuff out there. I mean, we we reviewed Marble Hornets a while ago. Marble Hornets. Yeah. And Marble Hornets had more going. Like, Marble Hornets had a story. And, you know, at, at this point, it's hard. Like, it was hard for us to, those of us who hadn't seen it before the Slenderman phenomenon took yeah, over. And, and, yeah. Yeah, it's hard for us to, it's like. It's one of those ones. Yeah, Slenderman's one of those ones where, like, you, unfortunately, you really had to, like, be there while it was coming out. 
Yeah. Part of the appeal was that wasn't that like, oh, this isn't Blair Witch Project, which, you know, still has like a fucking major film studio promoting it. No yeah. matter how much they act like, yeah, we do. I'm just a Hollywood executive who just found some weird tapes in the woods. So we made a movie out of it. Like this was a random guy just with a you like an anonymous person with a YouTube channel. Yeah. Uploading these super creepy ass videos. Yeah. I have to confess, I totally believed the Blair Witch thing when it came out. I did. We, uh, me and a group of my friends, all partying at my friend Jill's house. And we caught the, uh, whenever the TV special was that they used to like prep everybody for the movie coming out. Because it was this whole thing of like, look at this crazy footage that we found that somebody put together. And now they're making a movie out of it and it opens on Friday. So you can see the conclusion or whatever. You can see the full story. And I mean, we were all partying. We were all sloshed. But I'll be damned if I wasn't like totally bought in and be like, oh, my God, I can't wait to find out what happens to these kids. Yeah. yeah I'm, you know, at I, the I, time, I, that kind of movie hadn't been out before. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. It was so amazing. I, it was one well, of the that's... best cinematic experiences ever in a horror movie. I'm, well, I might have told this story before, but like that's that experience was so immersive. And I also believed it. Like yeah. I was whole hog in there. I was. Oh, it's, it's the definition like of you had to be there. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But that's the thing. I'm like. And again, and this is, I guess, not Chris, I guess like it did work, but I guess my mind just goes to it's like, well, either they made a movie that they're like pro rest that they're kayfabing us on. Where Lionsgate is about to release a snuff film. Right? Yeah. Right? Well, and that was the other thing is I remember I was out, like, I was touring the Pacific Northwest at that point, like, looking at colleges and stuff. And that the the special came out and I watched it and it was, like, before, like, it's back when people thought alien autopsy was, like, a thing. You know? Like, I remember, th- like, people thinking alien autopsy was, like, legit. And because it was on, it was all like network because television. Because it is. Okay. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. And then when I saw it in the theater, I didn't, I didn't realize that it was not uh, a work of fiction until I read the credits. And, I, and it was like, this is a work of fiction. And I was like, oh. No real aliens were harmed in the making of this movie. It's like, how disappointing. Well, it was, it was actually relieving for me because I came out of that theater. Like, I've never, come out of Aww. a theater shaking and Aww. i came out of that theater fucking shaking and it was so like it was the most scared i'd ever been from a movie in my life and oh. it was so like it was incredible because i was also like i was it was only playing in one theater in seattle and i was by myself and i was like oh um, no yeah no. but it was fine and but that was like you know i'm a full like i'm almost 18 years old and that night I was with my folks and I'm like, hey, uh, I can't sleep. I feel like I'm eight and I can't <laughs> fucking sleep. And I'm in this weird house that, you know, like we're, we were house sitting for people. And it was like this weird ass house. And I was I just remember like it felt like a skin of a rink movie mm-hmm. in my brain. You know, like everything was just I was having like a panic attack the whole time. Um, I truly cannot remember the last time I was that scared with the movie. But I do remember when I was a child. One movie that surprisingly really scared the shit out of me was The Land Before Time, where they have to cross the big no. water. That's <laughs> like shit. Like, I was on my bed and I was, like, I, I was like, I don't want my feet to get eaten, bro. 
<laughs> I'm traumatized by little by like Littlefoot's mom's death to this day. So much of that movie is so sad. That was oh, my Bambi's so mom moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. Oh, Bandy's mom is nothing next to Littlefoot's mom. Oh, no. Littlefoot lo- watches the light leave his mother's eyes. Like, Bambi, <laughs> like, Bambi hears a bang, and then, like, someone sits down with him and is like, I'm sorry, son, I have some really uh, tough news for you. And then he grows up and gets over it. But, like, because his dad is, you know, his nepotism, I guess. I'm but, like, all about the, the straight-to-VHS sequels where it's like, Land Before Time 9. They make a dinosaur baseball team. I remember when the the dinosaur Scrappy Doo happened. What was his name? It was a little baby T Rex. Yes. Yeah. Oh yes. God. It was very Scrappy Doo. <laughs> I don't. I didn't a know little that more that was loving. a thing. Yeah, but, and his little tiny baby and like he had a big old head. All I remember I is so. Sarah and Petrie. Yes. Yeah. I remember Sarah Ducky. McDonald's toys with Ducky. Them, that was the oh, other yeah. one. Oh, Ducky, Ducky was so yep, yep, cute. Yep. Anyway, I recommend The Land Before Time. You're right. Don't. <laughs> it's tragic. Hey, this is a movie about children losing their like innocence. Okay, that was yeah. me. I, I thought mean, my feet were gonna get eaten. What this movie does do a good job. Again, that it then kind of hampers with lingering on every fucking shot and nothingness. Is that it does capture the sense of like helpless confusion yeah of like the small children that it's like normally you're like okay well the protagonist is gonna do something it's like they're four and six there's nothing to be done they are beyond defenseless and it's unclear yeah. what they're seeing and what what of this they're actually it's unclear what i'm seeing it's an unclear voice. movie yeah i you know i was gonna we were talking about movies that were like traumatic as as kids and i was thinking about the land before time and the trauma of watching that depressed horse die in the swamp and yeah, never yeah, ending yeah, story. Yeah. And I was like, that's I'm kind of what watching this movie felt like. It's being the depressed horse sinking into oh, the swamp. Oh, no. Artax. Artax, yeah. Artax. Artax, the depressed horse. That should go on the fucking poster. Artax is you. I feel bad for saying that I think that Skinnery could have benefited from being cooler to the child protagonists like and i don't mean that because i want to see child pain i just mean like it's not very clear that anything other than child boredom is happening yeah that's <laughs> so, like okay i mean yeah. i was i was afraid to see them being tortured by this entity or or whatever but really it just seems like go to bed i'm like no i want to watch cartoons like that's all it's I like even yeah, there's like, a lot of I guess we're supposed happening to interpret that like the blood on the ceiling over and over again is supposed to be torture. Maybe. Sure. I mean, yeah, it's blood. But again, we also don't know. It's not just like the entity just like splashing a bucket being like, look at this. Yeah, it's clear over because it's, it's blood. But I'm like, okay, like what's happening? Like, yeah, so the like, kid is stabbing themselves in the face. I wouldn't know because I haven't seen beyond the children's years. Like, I don't know. Yeah. No, and I, I will say that this movie really captures about being a kid in the 90s is having the one VHS tape of off-brand cartoons that your grandma bought you at the big lots. Like, it's just that kind of like, oh, th- this shitty cartoon. Well, it's Bosco's. You know, I, yeah, I think I figured it out. I think I figured out what this movie feels like. 
if a little uh, kid watched a horror movie and that movie gave them nightmares and now they're trying to describe those nightmares back to you. Oh, okay. It's, you know, that's like when I, when, when you, when you have a dream, when you, when, when you, my, when you, you, you have a, when you have do a anything. dream and you, <laughs> and I, saw, I saw my sister, but she didn't have any, any mouth or eyes. Um, yeah, it's like, oh, it's okay. She definitely does. This movie is what you have to like. This movie is the price you pay for showing Baba Duke to a kid. The voice told me to look under the bed, but then there wasn't anything under the bed. But then you were on the bed, and you were you told me something I don't remember. And I looked under the bed, and you were gone. And Mom was there, and she said, "The look at the closet." And the closet <laughs> had a hand that came out of it. You know what was a scarier movie than this? Holy mouth. No, that's a- Holy, well, Holy Mountain was fucking, well, Holy Mountain, you watched it man shit in a can. And I was like, it like actually happened. And I'm like, I'm, I'm scared of myself that I'm a person yeah. that this. <laughs> That's, hey, so if we ever do that movie on the podcast, I'm busy that week. I want to talk about that. I would love to talk about it. It's not really a horror movie. It's not. Than, but it's, it was a scary experience. Yeah, no, it was definitely not a movie to watch while you were going through like chronic anxiety. Yeah, but like, yeah, it's an interesting film. And that's it does my secret, really Cap. Great. I'm always anxious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was that was my secret then. But now I'm like, you know, I mean, there's some there's some really cool imagery. There's like a, a guy with makeup on half his face and he has tits that are ocelot mouths and they spray blood on you. Visually, it was milk. so cool, though. But I'm not going to I'll talk forever about it. Sounds, yeah, I'm not going to lie. That sounds dope as fuck. I am. That's only like. A small part of it. Yeah. I have to ask, how dark are the movies that y'all are going to cover on this podcast? How dark are y'all going to go? Like, are y'all ever going to go, like, human centipede dark? Centipede is a... Great question. Not Jeremy moving from I'm the... I'm not sure the human Great centipede question. has the, like, content to be redeeming for us to talk about. Like, I am... I've played around with the idea of talking about shit, like... Guys, what Andy does human Christ centipede and, have to say about um, class? Got you, got you. What can I, we yeah. learn about what can we learn about wealth inequality from the human centipede? Well, see, we're um, all in this economy, the third person in the human centipede. That's yeah, trickle down. <laughs> That's trickle down economics. Yeah, like the the trickle exploitation economics. The, the exploitation kind of movies, those are ones that I mean, in terms of like gore like torture porn and and gore extravaganza like stuff. We can rephrase this as, will we be covering the work of Eli Roth? Who knows? I'm just but, saying, I mean, there are a couple of horror movies I saw that I was traumatized by, but weren't very yeah. scary. I mean, I'm not yeah. particularly interested in talking about Hostel, for one thing. Like, yeah, does Hostel right. have something to say about class? Yes. Yeah. But it's what? not very deep. Antichrist, Antichrist has some things to say. I would love to, to talk about the themes of Antichrist. I don't know if I want to watch it again. Yeah, I don't particularly <laughs> want to subject us to a Serbian film. I would, yeah, <laughs> someone say that. <laughs> like, Not a yeah, fan of the score, no, huh? I, I don't, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot to say about I Spit on Your Grave, but I'm not sure I, I want to go that direction. Okay, well, there you go. It's you, I, I say I will watch spit on your, I Spit on Your Grave, just... Yeah, I mean, that's right there with, you it. know, Last House on the Left, which is like, it's a rough thing to watch, to, to ask somebody to watch and to talk about, so... Yeah. But yeah. you're not, but you give people an option. Yeah. 
Yeah. You don't say like, great, you're coming out in your house. We just got freaking Serbian film. We just got to find, yeah, like we just got to find the right people that are like, hold up. You guys, you want me to talk about like an hour and a half of torture porn that is also like deeply, like has deep political themes? Hell yeah. My mom had me watch, (laughs) not had me, but offered me to watch I Stood on Your Grave at like age 12. Okay. Like I'm gone. My brain's mush. I'm ruined. Did you, did you watch it? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, mean, I, I feel like we have traditionally sort of drawn the line at like rape heavy horror. Like yeah. it's just not, I mean, there's been a couple of instances now where we've like, there've been movies, not unlike this situation, but very different in different ways where like, we were like, invite somebody on and it's like, hey, we heard good things about this fucking movie where a woman fucks a car. Like, yeah. <laughs> this will be fun. Uh, Oops, a just, daisy. Just oh, good. We're, like, we're allowed, we're allowed to say Tatan. Good. Good. Yeah, Tatan. Okay. Is that, is that I was, good? I, I was worried we were but dancing around it, it. But no. Tatan isn't really rough. on a spectrum of good and bad. Yeah. Tatan? Is it worth watching? I see. It, I mean, do you want to see a woman fuck a car? I mean, who doesn't? It's not. I've never is, seen this. It's a there woman is. who fucks a car that also is a lot about the masculinity of aging firefighters yeah yeah you go on the longest scene of somebody like beating them like breaking their own nose and messing themselves up to like try and evade police capture which is like that that scene still is one to me that i'm just like oh god yeah yeah Um, there's a lot of really difficult scenes in that movie have you seen raw steve have i seen what raw Raw. no it's it's a same director but they're both pretty wild and rough in some places. But Raw Tatan has yeah. yeah, Raw we still need to talk about it at some point. But Tatan yeah. has a lot going on. And to like there's pregnancy themes, there's trans mass themes, there's male bonding themes. There's so much there's car fucking themes. And there's you keep a lot saying going that, on. and I all I can see is like some gear shift action or maybe some tail. You're not action. wrong. Yeah. You're not okay. wrong. Okay. You're there. You're there. And I have no idea how it all connects. She fucks the Guy Fieri of cars. Do they sit on it and it disappears? Like what? Oh, they go somewhere. Yeah, I I don't know what I can't. It's remember more about the engine vibrate rumble. Well, I can't oh, like a, a the hell are they called. I mean, that seems like the yeah, car being yeah. heavy S and M too. So, right? Yeah, it's I can't remember what the like if, if there was like depicted penetration with the gear shift but there i were, think there like, is implied ships. penetration with the gear yes. shift. i don't think it is yes yeah. yeah i don't think it is anyway literal. do check out our episode on Titan for a uh well i guess just to try to see us all process that shit in real time i will yeah. be listening tomorrow while we're sorry <laughs> sorry again to t franklin yes sorry t thank you t you're a hero and so, uh is skin am i Sharon Lois and Bram, I'm sure Lois, Sharon Lois are both women, right? What? Well, I don't know what the Who? situation is with Sharon Lois and Bram. I don't know where the, I believe where the so. I know Bra- Bram was the bearded dude that looked like my friend's dad. Yeah, I yeah. Bram up. was the bearded dude. Oh, yeah, dude. your friend's Sharon dad. And, I remember. Kevin, Sharon and Lois. Kevin Fitzsimmons. Yeah. That's some... Sharon <laughs> so, and Lois. So were if you're wondering women. what they look like, 
you know, they look like Steve's friend's dad. Exactly. Yeah. That should help you, the listener. <laughs> That's just Bram. Sharon and Lois. Look, I they hung out with an elephant. It was good times. Yeah, and they sang a song. Okay, yeah, so they sang a song. Can see that People about this followed movie. them around the park. Wasn't creepy at all. Okay, <laughs> so just real quick, y'all. I just need to explain this joke because I'm old. And back in the 80s, and apparently early 90s, the program block jr on nickelodeon had a series of television programs yes Hell yeah nick jr yeah they they were not programs and they were odd but endearing one of which was the variety show sharon lois and bram's elephant show which was basically like a mr rogers neighborhood but instead of being in one room they would like go different places and have little bits and it was it was like a variety show but it was like a, a tour variety show and they had a big person in an elephant suit and like a mascot furry suit like going around and doing funny things and their theme song at the end of every show was skinamarinky dinky dink skinamarinky doo i love you and and apparently the skinamarinky dinky dink is from a musical i can't remember which musical but if that part of it is lifted from the musical that it's from what does it have to do with this movie other than the title? Fuck all. But I think that since the movie named itself after that song, I, there's nothing else that I can think of that uh, that gives me any idea of what the movie is trying to invoke. So mm. that's that's why I keep making this joke. Thank you. I don't think the movie's been a feminist because in order to be feminist, it needs to have characters. I was wondering when we were like, I was like, what are the themes that we're criticizing? I was just like, child abuse? I don't know. What. Child abuse? Question mark. Is there mental illness in this? Sure. Maybe. Seemingly trauma, definitely. I mean, this definitely does not have anything to do with race. We honestly have no idea what race anybody is in this movie. I mean, uh, the kids are white. We don't really know what it's about, so. Yeah. No, he's not a race. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're, How does this movie deal with class? Not much. I mean, they are, it, I think, decidedly lower middle class. What's toys? I, I, don't, I don't know. Well, I, I mean, think... the thing is, if we knew a little bit more about the characters, then maybe we could have that conversation. Yeah. Because maybe if it was a story about domestic abuse or child abuse, and it was because the parents were stressed because of their financial situations, then maybe that would be a conversation. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I can see this story being about kids dealing with some kind of situation where they were losing resources because things keep disappearing yeah like the toilet you know that's fair and so like that that i could see being about class and being about and this is me going on a very large tangent like one of these theories but this is like these kids could have been in a situation where their parents were having financial trouble but they didn't want the kids to know and they didn't talk to the kids about it. So there was this sort of lack of this, understanding for them. Yeah, there was a lack of understanding. And there was also this sort of sense of dread, like there was something wrong, but they didn't know what it was. And then things that keep losing things like water and food and, and doors. And I don't know how that has to do with toys being glued to the wall. But I genuinely yeah. I genuinely think there's an argument to be made that this movie is not necessarily a narrative about, but processing trauma of 
a kid who I mean, like me was a, you know, poor like latchkey kid. They were, you know, at home alone at night occasionally mm -hmm. or, you know, during the day even. And like when you don't have your parents around and you, you know, should probably have parents around, like some shit happens and some weird shit goes on. And this feels like somebody processing that trauma 30 years later. But like, yeah, yeah. not in a way that like narratively makes sense. Yeah, but that's a good call because, like, the latchkey kid thing is definitely a thing in in this movie because the kids are by themselves and they have to take care of themselves. Yeah, I appreciate that. I don't remember that from Sharon Lois and Bram. Yo, how terrifying <laughs> is that photograph? Nothing strange I going on there. I really hate that. Like... I hate that so much. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I, I think the biggest I'm make for, like, the creepy <laughs> the argument for what what the name could even mean to me is just like is a situation where things that are meant to be reassuring when you're in the dark when you're alone can sometimes be you know the creepy things and it doesn't say that it seems sort of cheap to have a sort of a name brand to that feeling without paying any sort of actual homage to it in the movie um, yeah but yeah i don't know yeah so, uh, so we've kind of come to the conclusion that if it's going to be as long as it was then we really need more but for the vibes, it would have been, it's fine as it is, but could have been short. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I would be much I, happier with it at half an hour, I think, you know? Yeah. yeah. And again, like, I, I really just wish there was something thematic I could really sing, I could really wrap my hands around rather than having to turn to, like, you know, the Reddit to like, discussions. Yeah, Reddit, Reddit for theories. Yeah. I mean, just read creepypastas, you yeah. know? I do. I, I love a good like our oh, creepy pasta. Man, that original liminal space is creepy pasta. Yeah, that's a good that's a, that's some good short horror. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess generally it sounds like we probably wouldn't recommend this one to people, right? No, no. I mean, Not it's really. one of those things where it's like watch it for the experience. If you have nothing better to do and friends who can tolerate being bored for like 45 minutes straight. If you just want to say you just, you've seen it. And I would recommend literally anything else. Uh, Imagine anything. trying to watch this without having like absolute darkness either. Like, cause you know, I'm watching yeah. it in my, in my living room with all the lights off and everything. So it makes it hard to do much else. Uh, when you watch That's it, not, but I don't think it's really, I'm not going to watch it ever again. Yeah. yeah I mean, no, no me too. Until no. Skidamarinky Doo comes out. <laughs> and I would better fucking have Sharon Lois and Bram in it. I'm just saying. And those Raggedy Ann and Andy Clown things that are going oh, no. on. Now. I hope that I truly hope it's like they do like a skin of Maring too, but like in the style of like Blair Witch Project too. Yes. I'm telling you, they <laughs> I welcome them to try again. Completely I unrelated. It. Now looking more like a CW pilot. Oh <laughs> yeah. So is there something we would recommend? Yeah, do we, I mean, what do we have to recommend? Not specifically, but like you said, Emily, there are so many great analog horror, like YouTube shorts, TikToks. There is people doing really interesting, exciting things in the genre, making lots of compelling videos. So I guess I'm just recommending the concept of short form analog horror. Yeah, I just go onto TikTok and look up the back rooms and just scroll through that and be kind of funny and scary. Yeah, there's there are the I would look up the back rooms and then there's a couple channels I would absolutely look up. There's Gemini Home Entertainment and Local 58. 
which are both really great, weird analog horror, same kind of deal, but they have stuff going on. There's also a pretty good video called Thomas the Train by Y Nakajima. Just type in Thomas the Train Roomba and you'll find it. And it's it's really good. <laughs> I'm purified. See if I can I can put it in the chat. I've got some podcast recommendations. Oh that yeah. People Ooh, yes. Might want to check out if they liked the vibes of this. Anybody here ever hear of the Magnus Archives? Yes. 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 It reminded me of that of, of a few episodes of that. Yeah. For sure. Yes. Yeah. It's uh for people that don't know, it's uh like an anthology series that eventually ties together into an overarching narrative of like really esoteric and weird stories, all very well acted and narrated and very atmospheric and super creepy, super high production design, just an overall joy to listen to. And then the other one that I would recommend that has become extraordinarily popular uh, since it came out is uh, the BBC's Uncanny podcast with Danny Robbins and Evelyn Hollow. It is, well, you know, buddy years, real stories of real hauntings and real supernatural experiences from around the world. People being like telling their stories, being interviewed years later, them actually going to the sites and researching things and looking for evidence and everything like that. Again, oh, really cool. like well produced. There's a television show about it now. They're doing a tour uh, of it. Awesome. And I've been listening to it for three seasons. And it is it's the thing that when I go out walking at night, it's what I listen to to creep myself out while I'm walking around the neighborhood at like midnight. I'm sorry. That already as an experience is something I've never yeah. related to. To walk What's at that? night to walk at night and then to further make it scarier. Oh, I do it all the time. I do it all the time. That's like, that's my thing. Wait till you you know what? I'm going to send, I'm going to send you a photo of super quick story. I I was walking, I was walking one night in my neighborhood (laughs) and I look up into a window and it looks like there's a person in the window as I'm listening to this podcast. And so I'm already freaked out. I'm looking at this thing in the window. What is that? And I'm walking past it and as i'm walking past it it looks like one of those paintings that like there's an optical illusion that it looks like the eyes are following you as you walk past it and the closer i look at it it's like jack palance in his city slickers cowboy attire like pointing at you in the window it's a standee like it's a it's a (laughs) cardboard standee of a cowboy that somebody purposefully put in their window to freak me the fuck out and I took a picture of it and I could send it to you. It was terrifying. And I was listening well, to this so. podcast when I saw it and my my imagination went wild. Good. Good for them. Jesus Good on that. Christ. It was something else. I'm going to see if I could find the picture while you guys talk. All right. Any yeah. other uh, recommendations tonight? Um, On the podcast front, like I, I do second Steve's uh, Magnus Archives. Magnus Archives is great. Uh, we've obviously talked quite a bit about some other podcasts, including our, our, our buds over at Old Gods of Appalachia. If you haven't listened to uh, Alice Isn't Dead, which is, you know, finished. It's a finished story in a podcast. Yes. That one is definitely worth checking out. There's a, there's a lot of other scary horror stuff out there. Black Tapes, I think, is a really similar vibe to yeah. maybe what they're going for here. Yeah. It doesn't always quite work. But Black Tapes is really good at doing like uh, 
the the one episode stories that really hit, but then having a overall arcing narrative that doesn't quite work. <laughs> yeah, but there's a game that I recently started watching a few playthroughs. It's called Fears to Fathom, and it's episodic, so each one is different. Like the first one is like you're left home alone as and you have to essentially not like not get caught by an intruder it's really slow pace it's not very like it's pretty creepy the second one is like you're and they're all based off of true stories that people wrote in apparently and survived um so your goal is to survive the night or to survive the experience the second one was like a person traveling at night and they stop at a hotel and like there's another person who's staying there that's trying to get into your hotel and trying to get you to trust them and then yeah so a couple of those have been pretty spooky and they're not they don't they don't cost a lot of time to to experience cool go play alan wake 2 <laughs> i haven't played it so i hear Alan-Wake that's great that's oh it's fantastic i hear i hear it's wonderful yes yeah it's a good I, time i would also say on the uh you know if you want something that has sort of that found horror feel i also recently watched and, and really enjoyed deadstream if you haven't seen that yet it's a i believe i want to say it's australian i don't remember completely but it's about a guy who's sort of oh don't, they they don't cover the whole reason that the guy is sort of a disgraced youtuber type and uh is trying to like get some followers and credibility back by going to spend the you know the night in a haunted house and of course as you would imagine things go poorly uh, so, okay just- no, yeah, I just I looked it up and I saw like a screenshot and I was like, "Ew!" <laughs> oh, the, the cover of Deadstream, yeah, on IMDb. It looks interesting. Yeah, it, it's a definitely like a found horror comedy mix because like you kind of this is a guy you don't really feel bad for, <laughs> especially if you watch much YouTube and you know, you know these types the, the of type guys. Yeah, the the live streaming type dudes. Yeah, that one's definitely worth checking out. I'm pretty sure that's on Shutter still. I need Pick to that up for sure, account. which is the same place you find Skidamarink most of the time. So, okay, I just posted these pictures to Twitter because I have no other way to send them to myself. I'm going to quickly save them and then send them to the chat. Okay, don't okay. mind me. I uh, I think that's it for us with recommendations. Bree, would you uh, like to let people know where they can find you outside of this podcast? I've been mostly active on Instagram right now just because everywhere else has been like a mess. And you can find me at N-D-G-O Arts, like Indigo Arts, or you can just go to my website, reindigo, the word indigo.com. Yeah, that's about it for me. Fantastic. What about you, Steve? So over at Talking Comics, we are starting our uh best of the year podcasts uh real soon in uh pretty much all of december is gonna be uh separate presentations from all the members of our team talking about their favorite comics throughout the year by the way it is not jack palance in these photographs but tell me that's not freaky yeah lots of stuff going on at talking yep, comics that's lots of end of the year celebrations before we take our break into 2024 and uh, thanks a lot for having me this episode. Yeah, being here. Thank you, brother. Thanks for weathering this storm. I know what I talked to you yesterday. You were like, I don't think I'll make it through this. Look, I really held my tongue throughout this thing tonight. I I have a list of movies that I would I would never subject myself to again. And I have to say, this is definitely making that list. 
it's, it's not right. even really one that I would recommend either. Like if someone's like, oh, like it's so bad, it's good. No, I really hope for better things. I love to go into things blind. I never really regret watching anything. I just wish that I had, I wish that it had made better use of my time. Felt that. So fair. Not mad, Felt just that. disappointed. Potential atmosphere, <laughs> great audio design, like a lot of a lot of positive things going for it, especially with, you know, the budget that was used. It just it just it. I don't think death. that that's a flex when it didn't come out good. Yeah. Like, I think <laughs> that like I would have just been like I said before, I was just like, OK, that, maybe next time. Take your time. That is no, thing, like, don't rush it in a night. What doesn't make El Mariachi good is that Robert Rodriguez made it for seven thousand dollars. It was that he made a. He made it good, good. on $7,000. Yes. yes. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just a waste of $7,000. $7,000 goes a lot further in 1980s Mexico than it does, you know, now. <laughs> Fair. Um, yes. Yeah. All right. And uh, Emily, where can people uh, find you online? Well, I'm on megamoths.net. That is just my my card that will tell you where to find me other places. But my preferred places to be found... Instagram, Mega underscore Moth, and Patreon, Mega Moth, Patreon slash Mega Moth, or however that works. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sign up. There's free tiers now, so you can sign up for... Watch, I love it. Watch me on Patreon. But first, you got to sign up for the Progressively Horror Fund. Yes, yeah. do that. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. All right, guys. And uh, Ben, what about you? <laughs> uh, yeah, you can find me uh, online, Instagram, Blue Sky, BenCon Writes, BenCon Comics, uh, BenConComics.com. And you can uh, sign up for my newsletter at BenCon.substack.com. Awesome. And I am and, uh, uh, oh, Dave. Oh, and okay. Check out, sorry, uh, Captain Laserhawk out January 2024 from Tokyo Pop. Yeah, and uh, I am Jerome Five Eight on Twitter and Instagram. I am Jeremy Whitley on Blue Sky and Tumblr. I am JeremyWhitley dot com as well, where you can check out all my stuff, uh, including Dog Night and including uh, the newly released School for Extraterrestrial Girls Volume Two from Jamie Noguchi and I, and the upcoming Cold Ever After, which is coming from Titan with myself and Megan Wong. That's going to be awesome. I hope you all sure. pick it up and enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, the podcast is uh same place it always is. It's on Patreon at Progressively Horrified. It's on Twitter at Prog Horror Pod. You can also follow us at progressively horrified.transistor.fm. And we would love to hear from you and we'd love it if you rate and review this wherever you're listening to it. That helps more people find the podcast, which helps us make more podcasts. Thanks to, again for uh, Steve and Bree for, for joining us for the, the daunting task that is this film. It was a good time. <laughs> it was it's good always, time. It's always fun talking with you. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll get you another Resident Evil next time, Steve. Yeah. There's so as many long as it's not from. Apocalypse. The one that I said was the better movie and then I watched about five minutes of it and it was like, oh. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Don't quote me on that's that. A, that's a racism right there. That's not good. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh dear. Yeah, that movie's bad. Thank you, as always, to Ben and Emily and to all of you for joining us. And until next time, stay horrified. Clap.